0: In Edmonton, if you're not the Oilers, you are scrapping and fighting for everything. I think the Elks need to, and, and every organization in Edmonton needs to, bend over backwards to get their players, their coaches, anybody that anybody asks for. The answer should always be yes. Get your players, get your people, get your good stories. The game is great. The stories are better. So get those stories
1: out there. This is the Rod Peterson Show.
0: Happy
2: Tuesday, Canada. Welcome to the RP Show and our Canadian sports fans around the world. We're coming in hot. Roger's Place in Edmonton. It is a day off at the World Junior Hockey Championship. And as you can imagine, it's quieter than a church on Saturday that's not hosting a wedding. Lee Genier joins me. How are you doing, Lee? Fantastic. Yeah, He's the co-host today. He is the COO of the Rod Peterson Show Corp. And uh, it is very quiet around here. Set the scene, folks. I couldn't see my hand in front of my face here uh, on this luxury suite level because there's nothing going on today other than you will probably see some team practices behind us through over the course of the next two hours. But for the most part, it's just you and me. Doesn't it feel very cozy? It's our our building. It's our building today. Thank you so much for Hockey Canada for opening it for us. Uh, Our guests today are Jason Greger, TSN 1260 Radio Edmonton, and from 3downnation.com, John Hodge. uh, hangs his hat in Winnipeg. We'll be talking all things CFL with John Hodge. He's coming up in hour too. Can you hit the quick six show horn, please? Director <laughs> Jordan, please, and thank you. And I, I got to get, before we get to my point one of the quick six show talk, I need the phrasing changed of our poll question on YouTube because there's a difference. I tweeted this, are you following, for Capital Automall, Universal Collision Center, are you following NFL preseason? And I know it's been put up on YouTube as, are you watching NFL preseason? Big difference. I voted yes. I'm following it, but I'm not watching it. Can we make that change, guys? Um, yeah, for, thank you. So we made the change. And I see Jason Greger's arrived. He made it. How are you, Jason? Good. All right. Ah, where well, Everything's coming together. Now, are you ready for the point one? Yeah, let's go. This guy's going to be a hockey guy by the end of the week. Team captain and Anaheim Ducks prospect Mason McTavish had a goal and two assists Monday, leading Canada to a 6-3 win over Finland in Group A play here at the World Jays. Connor Bedard and Ridley Gregg each had a goal and an assist, and Brendan Othman, Tyson Forrester, and William Dufour also scored for Canada, who finished first. A top Group A. Earlier Monday, Switzerland clinched its spot in the quarterfinals with a 3-2 win over Austria, and the preliminary round wrapped up with the late game Monday night, Sweden beating Germany 4-2. Sweden has never lost to Germany at the World G- uh, Jays. Now, I'll move on to the quarterfinals and look ahead with point two, but I'll say this. It was a game that was, despite the score of 6-3 Canada, there was a lot of uh, intrigue. Finland put on quite a push in the third period. There was some questionable officiating calls. It was the biggest crowd yet at the World Juniors here for Team Canada. My brother asked me how many people were here. I guessed around 7,500. One thing about Hockey Canada that I appreciate, they announce the actual crowd numbers. That's the sense that I get. So the crowds are going, we're moving into the playoffs beginning Wednesday with the quarterfinals, and you're kind of starting to feel a buzz in the town.
3: Yeah, like, you know, yesterday's game, you feel, really felt the the momentum building as we we go into this final weekend, the gold medal game coming up this weekend. So I love it. I love the energy that's building, and we're really starting to see it.
2: Yeah, well, I opened up my uh, yahoo.ca, because I'm still that guy, with a Yahoo email address, and the first thing that popped up when Yahoo News was Canada on the verge of making history, I'm like, well, I got to read this. So I click on it, and it says, this could be one of the greatest world junior teams for Canada in recent years, because they're on track to not lose a game. But can we please not put the cart ahead of the horse? And I hope Dave Cameron, who's a fantastic coach, the head coach for Team Canada, is somehow insulating these guys from that kind of thing. The whole country kissing their ass because that's where they get tripped up. Two years ago here, greatest team ever. Didn't trail at any game all tournament. Then they get into the gold medal game, fall down 2-0 to the USA, and yeah. didn't know how to handle adversity, didn't know how to play from behind. So, again, you know what it's like. You've won championships in multiple leagues. Lee. He's got to keep them grounded absolutely, and probably secluded in a way, if, if, if they're not. I'm sure
3: they are. But Yeah, for sure. You can't let that get uh, into your head that uh, you're, you're going to go unbeaten. You just have to take every game uh, every day and just focus on that game.
2: And I think they are. I mean, so far, so good. But, you know, again, Lee and I watch the games a little differently. I think you're watching as a fan. You watch football um, as an analyst. But I'm watching hockey as an analyst. I think you're watching it more as a fan. And it's hard to not have your jaw dropped by Mason McTavish, the MVP for Team Canada.
3: Yeah, I think he's on 13 points right now. I mean, he's on a tear. Great to see, right? So... Um, you know, Connor Bedard is doing incredibly well, too, bring, bringing up the back as well.
2: Yeah, well, a couple of things that I noticed last night watching this game. Ridley Gregg scored again for Team Canada. His dad sits just down from me, Mark Gregg, the former NHLer out of Lethbridge. I think he's going to be the best player the Ottawa Senators have on their roster within two years, three max, and I that take. includes the captain, Brady Kachuk. Ridley Gregg is doing amazing things here in the World Jays. And uh, Mason McTavish, he's just, he's a brute for one, but he can score. Obviously, he's the captain of this team, and I think he's going to be the captain of the Anaheim Ducks before long. Maybe even this year, because their captain retired in the form of Ryan Getzlaff. So these are some of the things that I'm watching as the tournament goes along. Now, to point two, Canada will face Group B's Switzerland in the quarterfinals on Wednesday. Finland also advanced and will face Germany, while Sweden will take on Latvia in the quarterfinals. The reigning champion Americans went undefeated in round-robin action. They'll take on Cheshire in the quarterfinals. Again, that's Wednesday. The semis go Friday. The medal games go Saturday. And we've got tickets for you for quarterfinal games. The first two on Wednesday. Text now, World Juniors, 902-518-3033. Don't complain about ticket prices. Don't complain about anything because we have tickets for you if you want to come to those quarterfinal games. Here's your chance, Edmonton area viewers. 902 518 3033 winners will be randomly selected and contacted this afternoon. We want to remind you the 163rd running of the $1 million Queen's Plate is back this Sunday, August 21st. The first jewel of the OLG Canadian Triple Crown of Thoroughbred Racing is North America's oldest continuously run stakes event. Showcasing Canada's top three-year-old thoroughbreds is the highlight of Woodbine's Queen's Plate. Purchase your tickets today. There aren't many left to enjoy all that Woodbine Racetrack has to offer during the Queen's Plate at woodbine.com. This is the warm-up. Jason Greger coming up from TSN Radio next segment. Point three, the visiting Baltimore Orioles cashed in three runs in the fourth inning thanks to sloppy defense and poor pitching from the Toronto Blue Jays to take Monday's opener of a three-game series 7-3. The victory was the ninth in 13 games for the O's, while the Blue Jays have won only twice in their past nine outings. By the way, Edo Japan, from hand rolled sushi to bento box meals made with their famous teriyaki sauce, Edo Japan's menu has something for everyone. We gotta go before the end of the week. Let's hey, go there today. Okay, Lunch. yeah, I was that was easy. Ten Point eight. four, Joe Burrow is participating in training camp just three weeks after having an appendectomy. He had surgery july twenty sixth. Burrow has an eye on getting ready for the NFL regular season opener next month, the Bengals quarterback through crisp passes in drills on Monday. Coach Zach Taylor says he's satisfied with the practice schedule moving forward with his quarterback, who hasn't talked to reporters since his surgery. That's why I wanted the phrasing of our poll question changed. Are you following NFL preseason? I'm following it. It's a yes from me, dog. But I'm not watching it. I didn't need to see the Dallas Cowboys soil themselves in Denver on Saturday afternoon and take 129 yards in penalties. Anyways, a few yeah. So with this, though, are you following it? That's the poll question for Capital Automobile Universal Collision Center. How would I haven't asked you? How are you voting for that? Are you following NFL preseason? Absolutely,
3: I'm following. I'm not watching it closely, but I am following it as as always.
2: Did you ever watch it closely?
3: Uh, not preseason, no. Never, but once opening week comes, bang, I am on. Okay, and laser focus.
2: Well, the reason I asked that it was I was reading an article on the weekend about how. The way NFL coaches are approaching the preseason has changed. And you don't, change is good. Change is very good. But not necessarily in the NFL in terms of this. The battles that are being won in the preseason on NFL rosters aren't now at the top. You're not battling for the top starting receiver positions or offensive line positions. For whatever reason, those decisions have been made through training camp. And the battles are now at the bottom. Of each position for the third string linebacker. That's what's being decided in these games. And that's not, as, uh, who said it, Reggie Dunlop? That's not much to go on. No, D- Dickie Dunn said that. That's not much to go on, Reg. You know what I mean? It's kind of taking a bit of the sizzle out of the NFL preseason for me.
3: Well, it is. And then, you, you know, as, as you go down the path, as the NFL is looking. From going from four preseason season games to two, increasing their seasons to 18 regular season games. So that will change the dynamics in the future. So, I mean, four preseason games in the NFL is a long stretch over a month, right?
2: Mm-hmm. So. Uh, I'm just getting this poll out of the way, checking in from some of the viewers uh, from Todd Pinkney. He says, I'm following and watching some NFL preseason is much more exciting than CFL regular season. Just saying. Well, we are coming off the highest scoring uh, week in the CFL all year. Those were some pretty exciting games on Saturday. They were. Um, Don, our navy friend says, "Cowboy fans are the Maple Leafs fans of the NFL." I know that. You don't need to rub it in, but at least we've won championships in the era of color television. I'm just saying that. But I don't I'm not and I'm I'm glad you brought that up, Don, because I want to ask you this. Who are your Super Bowl combatants? I was going to go to our official betting partner and look up their odds, but I'm like, I don't need to do that. I'll say this from the NFC, the Arizona Cardinals. I think they're going to continue the streak of home teams appearing in the Super Bowl. Let's go. They Made Kyler Murray the second highest paid quarterback in the National Football League for a reason. J.J. Watt is healthy. We're told DeAndre Hopkins, he's back off suspension. Is he not, Jason? He's not even listening. Uh, I got the Cardinals to play in the Super Bowl at home, and I think the Buffalo Bills are going to come out of the AFC. They are the odds-on favorite to win the Super Bowl as it is. An Arizona-Buffalo Super Bowl, which will be at in February. Is that something that you might be interested in? Would you buy that
3: bet? Absolutely. Is there anybody else you can see? And a few tables, too. So. Would, no, do you think it'll be a Bills Card Super Bowl? Win? Well, I mean, we could call it that right now. That's the way it looks. I love it. Yeah. Point five as we move along here in the warm-up
2: is uh, CFL. But before we talk about that, River Cree brings you the best in live entertainment. September 17th, Terry Fader, the voice of entertainment, winner of the NBC hit series America's Got Talent, Terry Fader, the voice of entertainment at the Mirage Hotel and Casino is among the world's most gifted and accomplished ventriloquists, a first-rate comedian, as well as a world-class singer and mimic. He's able to perform in more than 200 unique celebrity voices. He'll be at River Cree Resort and Casino September 17th. Get your tickets today. Point five, little CFL stuff for you. Toronto Argonauts are, quote, holding their breath with regards to the status of their star tailback, Andrew Harris, who has a pec injury guess he's getting an MRI on it, the results of which I don't think have been learned. Could an injury to Andrew Harris, a significant one, cost them a berth in the Grey Cup?
3: A lot's being made of this. Well, you know, that's a big weapon in their arsenal. So I would say that is a big piece of their um, offense right there. So I think they would have to be worried and hopefully looking for a backup um, to replace him.
2: Well, as we are on the cusp of Week 11 in the Canadian Football League, that appears to be the number one story. Although the players of the week came out again, or they came out today because it's Tuesday, Nathan Rourke, I believe it's his fifth week, he's been named top performer in the Canadian Football League. Was a 488, 488 in B in Calgary on Saturday for BC that 4140 victory over the Stampeders. It is uh, BC at Sask Friday of this week. Calgary at Toronto. Edmonton at Ottawa, Hamilton at Montreal. As you said to me on the way over here today to Rogers Place, where would the CFL be without Nathan Rourke this
3: season? Yeah, I mean, that ha- you know was undoubtedly the story of the season. And, you know, look at the numbers that this guy's putting up. That game in Calgary on the weekend was incredibly exciting. And to see them come back and and, and win it on the last, you know, virtually the last play of the game and see Nathan Rourke play with so much poise, move that ball down the field. And kick a field goal and win. So it is an ex- just the way they drew it up. Just the way they drew it up. I haven't talked
2: to you. You're Mr. Calgary. You're Mr. stampeter How did uh, you feel about Bo Levi's comments after the game, calling out himself and his teammates? Sure. I mean,
3: you know what is? They let that one slip away, and uh you know, let let the BC offense just run all over them. So I mean it's good you know you get players calling out their teammates calling out themselves it's good that he called it himself that's a good move because you just don't it's a team game so it was uh, it was a good move and hopefully that will uh, fire them up as they go down the stretch here
2: well i'll tell you what based on numbers and ratings this right here is the cfl's number one podcast and i could spend two hours on a variety of cfl related topics but i'll ask you this in 60 seconds or less what trend in the first half of the CFL season do we see not necessarily continuing in the second half? Like, where's this season going? Shoot! Sask's 5-4. and four. That's nine games, y'all. That's half a season. Uh, what are the Elks? 2-7. and seven. That's half a season. Do we see BC staying this high? Do we see Edmonton staying this low? Do we say, see Sask staying a middle-of-the-pack
3: team? What story do you see changing in the second half? You know, maybe it's it's Winnipeg. I mean, last week we were talking about, you know, you asked me if um, Saskatchewan should be focusing on the crossover. Now they're tied with Calgary in the standings. So, you know what, it is going to be a battle for a third, third spot there. So, like I said, you know, we still got a lot of football left to play. And there can be a lot of changes in the standings as we're going uh, because it's going to get real tight in the West. And is there going to be a crossover? Probably absolutely. But we just don't know who's crossing over.
2: Loser mentality to just focus on fourth. You know, it was somewhat of a rhetorical question when I asked you that. But uh, my sixth point is Canadian Elite Basketball League. The Hamilton Honey Badgers won the championship on Sunday. They now move into the offseason, and it looks like not necessarily a tumultuous offseason in the CEBL, but certainly a ground-shifting one. I'll ask you about that when you come back in hour two. Sounds great. All right, Jason Greger, TSN 1260 Radio Edmonton, joins us next. We're live at uh, Roger's place on the off day, but... Practice day here at the World Juniors. You're watching on the Game Plus television network. We're live streaming on YouTube, and you can always catch the podcast wherever the best podcasts are found, including Amazon, Google, Apple, Stitcher, and Spotify.
1: Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now.
2: All right, the uh, RP Show continues on this Tuesday. Episode number 821 of your favorite daytime sports talk show on Game Plus television coming your way. This is going to be fun. Jason Greger joins us. The man, ordersnation.com. How you doing, buddy? Smile. RP, hey, I'm good, buddy. How are you? You're, you're dropping. You're on vacation. You're not on vacation. What's going on this month of August for you?
0: Yeah, um... Yeah, I was off for for last week, and then I'm on for four days this week, and then I'm off for the last two weeks. So I uh, actually was supposed to to be doing the uh, the play-by-play for the World Juniors. Really? Yeah. And because uh, I did it at Christmas time, but um, when everything came out with Hockey Canada, um, my mom was sexually abused when she was young. Um, I have two really good friends who, um, you know, and, and not through hockey or anything like that, but for me it was just. I felt like I had to sacrifice something, so um, if we don't ever like, and I I hold nothing against the players on this yeah. team or the man, like they didn't do it, but Hockey Canada has to reevaluate how they how they do things, and so far they haven't shown that they want to, right? Um, I I don't believe that everybody at the top can stay there when you're the people that got the created the mess. I don't think you should be able to fix it. So uh, it was just my my own kind of standard. I don't you know. Guys I work with are, are doing the broadcast, and I have no problem if they do it, but I just I had to do something for myself and um, so I could kind of look at my mom in the face and say, hey, you know what? I support you even though what happened to you was a long time ago.
2: Yeah, so how's that stance gone over your listeners? I Supporting you, I would assume?
0: Yeah, you know what? I, I haven't had anybody complain about it. I'm not really sure what they can complain about. Like, I, I'm just not a... I talk a lot. I, I do a lot of work with um, you know, abused women's shelters and Little wor- Warriors, which is a, um, for abuse, sexually abused kids. Um, it's a fantastic ranch. Gloria Meldrum runs that thing. And it's amazing what those kids like, what, a, what they've had to go through is awful, but how they help them rehabilitate their life, right? And uh, I just felt like I couldn't be, I'd be a hypocrite if, if I'm pushing that all the time. And then suddenly when it impacts me directly which it did, and uh, so I had to make a sacrifice, and, you know, like, obviously it cost me money to walk away from it, but I didn't regret it for a second.
2: Yeah. Well, I appreciate you coming down here to join the show uh, here from Roger's Place today, and so with all of that, because you're not the only guy that have said those thoughts, Brent Griffith said the same thing uh, last week, but Brent says, I'll be watching the games. Are you watching the games?
0: I haven't watched the game yet, but it's it's the prelims, and I was on holidays last week. And so when I go on holidays, I don't um, check out. I check out. I try to get off social media. Otherwise, it's not a holiday. For like when sports is your job, you have to kind of get away from it. So we went dome camping, and uh, you know my son's eight, and now he's into golf. So we had our first round of golf together, and uh, did some swimming and camping and biking. So. No, but I'll watch the playoff game, Sure, I can. Uh, like I said, my mine has nothing to do with with the current group of players. I hope that none of them, obviously, none of them were involved in the you know the 2018 scenario. They're too young, so you no. Know, hopefully that uh, you know none of them will make the same wrong choice moving forward. And um, yeah, I'll, I'll watch the games. Like you know, Mason McTavish. Like I see the highlights and stuff like that, but I haven't sat down to watch a full game. I'll I'll watch the playoffs. I think starting tomorrow.
2: Well, the reason I ask that is I think it's an easy. Topic: People turn on the TV and see a completely empty rink for any games not involving Canada, and a more than empty rink for Canadian games. And I was wondering your thought on that because, uh,
0: well, I think there's a few things. Num- yeah. Number one, I do believe the timing of the event doesn't help. Like Chris, it's a tradition at Christmas time for a lot of people. They whether they sit down on Boxing Day or or New Year's Eve and, and watch those games, um, but you know they buy Christmas. Right. It's presents at Christmas time. And you don't really, Hey, uh, here's your July uh, Canada day gift, I guess, but probably not the same thing. And then I I really believe strongly that, um, you know, when hockey Canada had that fund and basically your registration for your son or daughter in minor hockey, part of it a very small percentage was going to hockey Canada for this fund. I think that really turned off a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And
2: that's, what's keeping them away.
0: I think, I think it's a combination of, of all of that for sure. And you know what, there's, a lot of teams are, are missing some of their top guys. I think that plays a part in it. But I think the timing of it more than anything and the fact that you know, Hockey Canada, although ticket sales weren't great before. So I don't want to blame it all on that. But um, so I think I think the summertime, lots of people go away. Right. Like it's this weather's is, been great. You're, you know, people look and say, do I want to sit in a rink? It's, it's like the weather's been unreal in Edmonton It's like, it's plus 28 plus 30 degrees, man. You don't get that all the time. So I can understand people being like, nah, like I'm sure the playoff tickets will, will be more. I think you'll have a uh, increase in crowds for the playoffs, like anything, but I, I think it's a combination of a lot of things. And, and I, I do not, I, I know hockey Canada now with the tournament on people have focused on the ice as they should. Cause these, these players aren't involved in that, but once it's over, I, I, I think they're, they're delusional if they believe that it's just going to go away. Do you think they think that? Oh, 100%. They, they hope that for sure, right? Like, they, they haven't been in the eye. No one's talking about the committees or anything like that. But once this is over, now the focus will be like, well, what are you doing? Right? Mm-hmm. Like, wh- where's the change coming? And uh, it has to come somewhere.
2: I don't believe for one second that it is over. Nor do you, and I don't think they're so foolish to think that it's over.
0: Yeah, I would hope not. <laughs> I don't. No. But and, and and I just want to point out one thing. Like, yeah, it's a societal problem. Let's make that abundantly clear. Yeah. This this happens. You know what? Uh, you you see the cases all the time in gymnastics, in, in football, in baseball, in ballerinas. Uh, you know teachers. It's a big issue in society that a lot of people don't want to talk about, right? Um, we, we've, had a society, we've tried to weaken it. Like, they don't use the word rape anymore. They lump everything together. And, right? Like, to me, that's a disservice to people that are being raped. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know what? Uh, one of my really good friends was 16. She got raped by a baby. Like, she was babysitting their kids. Husband came home, right? She was asleep on the couch, raped her. Like, are you joking? And there's not much that happens because of that. We need to change it.
2: But so if those are the reasons, there there is maybe a fourth reason why the crowds aren't where the organizers would like. One, I think, is the weather and the timing. Two, I think, is the cost of tickets. It seems to be high. Three, the scandal that you're talking about. And four, is there unlimited money in Edmonton? Because in this order playoff run, it seemed like there was. This, this barn was sold out. Uh, at so, thousands uh, of dollars yeah. per
0: ticket. Well, and a lot of those people are probably like licking their wounds from it. So, still paying their yeah. As it. as it says, you know, my, one of my company has season seats, and it's uh, you know it gets pricey. You get into the uh, you know third fourth round, man. It is it 's really expensive, and you know, but it 's playoffs, and you know the, the fans they get into it, so I, I told I think that probably uh, is a factor uh, a little bit as well, but you know a lot of the ticket sales even prior to the playoffs weren 't really working right so um, yeah there's a lot of factors that go into it, and uh, you know there might be a little fatigue, sadly, it was the third time they tried to have it here, and it just you know, canceled canceled halfway through and now in the in the summertime, so you know, I'm sure they'll get one again in the future down the road. And
2: before you leave today, I do want to ask you a CFL take, because like me, you love the CFL. There's no, you, you know, I talk about it all the time on your show, right? You do. Yet, Commonwealth Stadium Press Box Saturday night, Riders and Elks, what was said to me was, all anybody's waiting for is for the orders to open training camp.
0: Well, the Elks aren't good right now, right? All you got to do is look at Nathan Rourke in BC. BC, Vancouver is not a great sports town. Everybody knows it's not a great sports town. Not a horrible one, but it's not a great sports town. Edmonton has a history of being a very good sports town. But you know what? The the Elks organization basically leading up to Ed Hervey as a GM was a disaster, and post-Hervey, they haven't had any success either. So really, they had about a five-year run with Hervey as the GM that they were competitive, and when you're not competitive, Like, heck, Saskatchewan is a football province first. They almost lost their team. Like they had to get football fans yep. had to rival. You know, Edmonton's a hockey town, but even people got sick of the losing all the time. So, you know, the, the Elks have lost. Um, they, they don't have a marquee player. Like, look in BC. They bring in Nathan Rourke. Rourke is lighting up the league. People are watching the BC Lions from afar, who never watched the BC Lions because they're like, "Hey, Nathan Rourke, star power works." But so does yep. winning, right? And the Lions are winning every game. They've only lost once to, to Winnipeg, right? So, um, Edmonton, they got to hope that Trey Ford, when he gets healthy, can. I'm not sure. I'm not going to say he's going to be. Nathan Rourke, that's pretty hard to do, but you know, c- can he be entertaining and can the team start to win some games? They haven't won a home game, Rod. And like over three years. Now I know one of those is a canceled season. Sure. But still when fans go to games, part of feeling good about themselves is when the team wins. Like it's not, you don't feel good about yourself. Cause your team wins. You feel better, right? You're a little yeah. happier. Maybe you have an extra beer or whatever, but every time you go to the game it's like, Oh, well, cause now people are like, well, do I want it Saturday night? It's plus 30. Do I want to go to the game and watch them lose? I don't want to sit in the backyard and have a campfire. Maybe I'll watch a game on TV, right? Because they don't have to invest as much because the team isn't good. So the the Elks can talk about all they want and and getting they got to reconnect to the business and all that stuff. I understand that, but you need a better product on the field, point blank.
2: See why I said I was so excited to have Gregor down here. I could just sit and listen. But I do. You know me a long time. I like to conduct these little informal polls around town with servers and people working in stores. Like, why? What do you think about the? They don't like Chris Jones. I hear that a lot. Yeah.
0: Which surprises
2: me a little because he won a championship.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if I, I – I hear that. A, it's funny. My wife's not a real big football person. But um, her impression of it, she just doesn't think he's a good guy. Just from an outside perspective. Watching just watching yeah. you know. Uh, you know, I've had my, my personal interaction with Jones. I've had no issues. With Jones, Uh, you know, what? he answers my questions, I don't have a problem with it. Um, I don't believe that in the CFL today, you can be great as a GM and head coach. I think I think it's too time-consuming. Too big of a job. It's too big, right? It's it's like when you look, Wally Bono did it, right? And near the end of his career, he couldn't do it, and he had done it successfully for a long time right um, you know Chris Jones went into Saskatchewan the first year was a disaster right but when you inherit a crappy team you can't just snap your fingers and bring in all these new guys and they're suddenly going to get better the team got better but there was tons of drama around Saskatchewan all the time right Jones has a reputation of wanting to try to whatever the line is for the rules he'll try to go and sometimes he crosses it and some people are like well you don't really need to do that right so um, I, I right now it's been a, a, a carousel of players coming in and out but that's That was to be expected when your team isn't good you're searching for new guys all the time now some would say how do you know if a guy is good after three weeks right like that seems like a pretty short period of time but that's where they're at so i don't like does the average fan if the average fan doesn't like him yeah that's probably not great but here's the thing if the team's winning i don't know if most people give two squirts about the personality of the coach right like you might have some but I think it's a small percentage.
2: I think you're right. And when you talk about your dealings with Jones, here are mine quite often. Uh, well, I remember one time sitting at the front of a plane. He goes, what do you need from me? I told him, he goes, you got it. And he delivered. No. You know, he wasn't obstinate in any way. No. So that, But that's my personal. A lot of people don't have... People were fired by him, don't like him very much. Well, you know hey, what I mean? If, that happened. Yeah,
0: like if, if you've worked for him, you know, some people don't like their own boss. But that doesn't mean he's a bad boss. Maybe he didn't like your work ethic or, or right. you know, people have – like to me, I don't really think that the Elks are going to go anywhere with McAdoo as their OC. I've never really liked how McAdoo calls the games. I think it's too conservative. I think the Elks are too conservative offensively too often, right? So, But that's just me, and I've, I've watched it enough. I never thought Saskatchewan had a great offense. You know, Fajardo had the one really good year there, but for the most part – was stagnant it's not it's not an attacking style offense look at bc now now sure you need a quarterback but throw the ball it's the cfl like how many the x are still doing draw plays on second and nine rod like if i had any hair i'd pull it out like it's, it's embarrassing so sometimes jones i don't know if he really cares enough about the offensive side of the ball
2: so you were watching saturday night then did you think the Elks had a chance to win that game? Clearly, they had a chance. Well, to win. they had a chance. To yeah.
0: me, you know, they really, you know, uh, soiled the sheets early at that turnover inside the five-yard line. Like, that's early in the game. But there's really, if you talk to, I watch enough football. At the end of the day, there's four or five plays that determine the outcome of the game. And, and the Elks were on the wrong side on three key plays. Years. Three key plays that that I thought hurt of. And, uh, now, I I didn't like that um, that the call on on the convert right? To me, that's not, a, that's not a penalty. There's no chance, right? He's hurtling no... He's over the guy, and then he touches him. The Anybody pyramiding. who knows any simple basic on physics, you are not generating any force at that point to jump over him. He'd already hurtled him, but all that did was extend it, right? It made the game longer. But the Elks, no, I didn't think they'd win, because they, they've yet to show they have the ability to make big plays at key times, right? And, and right now, their quarterback, when the game's on the line, has yet to show that he can make a play. And then you go to the opposite side, Zach Claros, when you need a play, he makes it. Nathan Rourke, look at that third, fourth quarter against the Calgary Stampeder. Like, that always used to be Bo Levi Mitchell doing that, and now it's Nathan Rourke.
2: Mm-hmm. Ha, well, I'll tell you, you talked about the pyramiding call, uh, and we'll break here and come back, and all, we'll talk all Oilers because the questions are coming in on that. But they blew a call here last night in the Canada game where they missed the puck hitting the mesh. I don't know if you saw that or not, and they had to go to review and And then every time it hit the mesh after that, the fans cheered. Mistakes happen. They're uh, human. Hey, a mistake
0: happened. Not seeing it coming off the mesh, like, come on, that's... That that to me is, now you're nitpicking over something that's not. That can happen sometimes because it's, hey, it's the mesh. If it doesn't move, it's hard to really see it sometimes. It's right on the yeah. edge.
2: It happens. Yeah. We'll be back with all Oilers with this guy, Jason Greger. We're live from Rogers Place. The 2022 Summer World Junior Championships are on an off day. You're watching on the Game Plus Television Network. We're also live streaming on YouTube and 24-hour sports radio streaming now at rodpeterson.com. Off day at that place, Rogers Place in Edmonton. We're brought to you in part by Rockstar Supply Chain Solutions. They specialize in improving your company's performance and bottom line through supply chain management services. Jason Gregg is here. You can hear him. Two to six, right, Greggs? Two to six. That's right, big Uh, man. TSN 1260 Radio. Weekdays. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. He's big time during the week. And I promised that we would get to the orders talk with Jason because there's a ton of questions coming in. Um, ha. Ted and Red Deer says, Jason Greger, as Don Cherry would say, what a beauty. Great. T- he yeah. is a beauty. Red Deer's smart. He knows it. He knows it. I- I'll just go right. Jason and Red Deer. Jason, regarding the orders, now that they have a reliable starter in net, knock on wood, do you feel like they have all the pieces in place to go when it comes?
0: Uh, why would people say Smith wasn't reliable? Look at the last two years. Mike Smith had the sixth best save percentage among starting goaltenders. Now, was he injured? Yes. But when he played, it's the Jack Campbell's gonna be hard pressed to play that to play as well as Smith did for for the games that he played. Now, granted, he only played, what was it, sixty games in a regular season over the two years? Obviously, one was a shortened season. Mike, I think Mike Smith actually gets too bad of a rep by some other fans because every now and then he'll toss up a pizza when he's handling the puck. But he handles the puck well a hundred times and then makes one error. So, um, but you know, Campbell will will be a little bit less high mistakes. But if you look at, at uh, Mike Smith in the playoffs and in the regular season, did you know that Mike Smith in the playoffs had one of the best save percentages on shots from the slot, had the best, one of the best save percentages from inner slot shots? Like Edmonton still doesn't have an outstanding defensive defense core. They got a good system with Manson and Woodcroft, right? But they're going to bring in Broberg now and, and uh, Keith is gone. Right. So Broberg will come in. That, that, that's a big downgrade in experience, right? Broberg's a faster skater. Sure. But what will he do? I, I just wanted to say, I think Mike Smith at times gets a bad rap the last two years because every now and then he mishandles the puck. But um, the orders, I actually think overall are better because Evander Kane wasn't here at the start of last season. Brett Kulak wasn't here at the start of last season. Right. Bouchard's now a year older. Right. Like they, they've their team's good. There's no reason to think
2: that they won't be a Stanley Cup contender. There's no reason to think that, I don't
0: think. Yeah, they should be. Their biggest problem right yeah. now is their salary cap. Because right now, I like I know pe- a lot of people use Cap Friendly, but Cap Friendly doesn't have the bonus overages of eight hundred and ninety six thousand that they owe. So the orders actually right now without Ryan McLeod signed are five hundred and ninety grand over the salary cap. So they gotta sign him for probably like he's gonna get pinched and maybe we'll sign for a mil. Might even have to settle for nine fifty or nine hundred. So that puts him at one point five over. And that's with Smith and Clefbaum already on LTI. So um, the order's got to make a move here. And I'm kind of curious to see what uh, what balls Ken Holland's going to juggle here in, up until training camp to, to make the cap work.
2: The last time I was here was the Stampeders were visiting the Elks and they uh, Stamps hammered them. That was, the next day, Duncan Keith retired. Yeah. And I got a sense that that really caught people off guard, even the Oilers.
0: Well, Did it? no, yes and no. He had, At the at the end of the season, he had kind of told them that, you know what, it was something he wanted to think about. Now, I had heard that even, you know, the year before in, in Chicago, he was contemplating it, right? But then, you know what, the, uh, he got the opportunity to play closer to home. And last year really meant a lot for Duncan to, to be closer to his son and have his son kind of experience to see what dad got to do. And it doesn't help that he got to hang out as, as Duncan laughed about how, you know, his son got to you know, hang out with Connor McDavid all the time. And Leon Drysad will ask him for uh, autographs and pictures all the time. And, you know, those guys, you know, the, the orders now, it's funny how that group of players suddenly has, there's lots of young kids running around the locker room. And then that does change things, right? People's perspective a little bit. It, it eases the pressure of professional hockey because the kids come in and they're just like, Oh, Hey, Connor, you want to play mini sticks? Like they don't care that you've got a hundred points. And I think they don't they, know those yeah. guys kind of like it, but You know where where Duncan Keith's value to the team is actually, and if you just look at his statistical numbers on ice, they were fine. But uh, he's an excellent outlet passer, very quick. But he just in the playoffs, all the the players talked about how Keith just he knew what to say at the right time and how to how to teach them how to stay calm. Even when you're up, you can't get to because I know it's a cliche, but it's true. The minute you get wrapped up in a tough loss it screws you over. So I, I think Keith's biggest thing that they will look back. And if this team, I think their window rod, you're right. I think the next three years, next three or four years, and then if dry McDavid sign extensions, well, you know, it could go to the next decade that they should be a contender. Who knows if they'll ever win. It's hard to win, but they should be entering the next three years for sure. Until those contracts are, are extended to their Stanley cup window.
2: Well, and the other thing is with McDavid, I don't know if you hear it here in Emton. I hear it all the time being a little east of here, about McDavid wanting out, wanting out, wanting out. After this run, clearly he would yeah. not want out. Uh, did you ever think that he would ask I, out?
0: I never, I never got the sense whatsoever that Connor McDavid was close. He, he wanted to compete. And when I had conversation with Connor, I said, Connor, you can go back and look at Marilyn Mew's career. One playoff appearance in the first six years. Go back and look at Joe Sackett. They were, they were beyond horrible, right? Uh, one, play, <laughs> one playoff performance, I think, in the first seven years right? Um, Alexander Ovechkin didn't win a cup, didn't get out of the second round till his 13th season. Like there's too many people that just assume, well, you're a good player. You got to have instant success. Everybody's about instant success. I want to go, I want to get instant likes. I want to get everything right away. And so if it doesn't happen, it's like, well, I got to quit. I, star players aren't quitters. If they quit, they wouldn't be star players. Right? So I never got the sense at all that Connor McDavid uh, wanted out of Edmonton. Uh, obviously, you have some success that they had. They want, he wanted to see it going this way instead of like it sucked after 17 and then they went down and missed the postseason. So was he frustrated? hundred percent. But frustrated and wanting out are two very different things. You can be frustrated and still be willing to stay. Yeah, No. I never got a sense, and I, I've talked to Con- now. I'm not saying I'm super tight with Connor McDavid or anything like that, but talking to people that I that I trust well enough, that know him better, it was a, it it was a story that emulated more out of Eastern, um, yes, uh, Toronto, Eastern right, Some people, yeah. than, than anywhere else. And which is, hey, <sighs> you know, people will will spread rumors just because. And uh, I, but Connor McDavid was never leaving. Now does it guarantee a hillside and extension in four years? I have no idea. Four years, man. Who knows what's happening in four years? Like, you might be doing your show from, um, you know, from from space with Elon Musk in four years, Rod. You don't know. That's the I plan.
2: Yes. Uh, yes. We have a minute and a half left. I got to say this, though. Remarkable turnaround in an order season when you consider it was the, Leon, why are you so pissy season? That happened <laughs> in the season. What was uh, the hairpin turn? What happened? This well, day-
0: you know what? Um, I give Jay Woodcroft and Dave Manson. I think sometimes Dave Manson doesn't get the credit he deserves. Like Jay Woodcroft and Manson came in there, a duo. And, and they made a few small tweaks, obviously, to how they, uh, their forecheck, how they defended it, back checking, really, backtracking. But also, Dave Manson said, Darn, it, he, he took Evan Bouchard, who was a rookie, and, and was playing too many minutes and too many tough minutes. So he said, We'll push, we'll pull you back a bit. You can play with Duncan Keith. We're going to put CeCe and Nurse. And not only did he put CeCe and Nurse, they played 50% of their time against elite players. Like, I don't think people understand how ridiculous that is. Victor Hedman, Kale McCarr, the guys are like 36% against elite players. They were at 50.9, right? Now, Nurse doesn't put up numbers when you're doing that because you're basically the coaches. You go out there, we just want you to break even. In those, in those minutes, Rod, he only allowed three goals against, against elite players. Like, that's outstanding, right? And then, obviously, Nurse's injury in the playoffs hurt them, for sure. But Dave Manson rejigging how he ran his defense score, he put guys, I felt, in better positions to succeed, and it worked. So the Orders were the second best team in the regular season since they took over. And so that's why I'm curious to see, you know, teams will be more aware of them now, no question, right? And do they stay healthy? And, and how do they react now? I, I think you'll see a few little tweaks from Jay Woodcroft now that he has a full training camp with this team. He's the best
2: Edmonton broadcaster, Jason Greger. Not just because he's sitting here. Thanks for coming down, pal. Enjoy your vacation. You betcha, buddy. Uh, We've got a sports update coming up next for Edo Japan. You're watching the RP Show live from Roger's Place on Game Plus Television. We're also live streaming on YouTube and 24-hour sports radio streaming now at rodpeterson.com.
1: Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now.
2: All right, time for a sports update from Rogers Place. One final segment here in Hour One. They're down to the final eight here at the World Junior Hockey Championship. That number will be chopped in half after a full day of quarterfinal action. On Wednesday, Finland will play Germany at noon Eastern here. Sweden plays Latvia at 3.30 p.m. Eastern. Host Canada battles Switzerland at 7 p.m. And then the USA takes on Czechia. We have tickets for you for the... First two games of the quarterfinals beginning at 10 a.m. Mountain on Wednesday. Text World Juniors right now to the number on the screen, 902-518-3033. You want to bring a child, you want to bring a friend, you can't afford tickets, you got nothing else to do, text us now. And thanks to the World Junior Committee in Hockey Canada, you'll be going to the game. Winners will be be notified this afternoon. The Toronto Blue Jays are hoping that right-handed ace Alec Manoa can inject some spark into the slumping team's lineup when they play the Baltimore Orioles tonight. The O's in Toronto for a three-game series. Cashed in on the Jays' sloppy, poor pitching and sloppy defense last night to register a 7-3 victory and move closer to an AL wildcard berth. We have news from the National Lacrosse League. The Saskatchewan Rush and General Manager Derek Keenan announced that they have re-signed two Rush players, Mike Mallory and Clark Walter, to one-year deals. And two other draft picks from 2021, Jake Boudreaux and Ryan Barnable, to two-year deals. They've also signed free agent Jarrett Smith, pending league approval, to a two-year deal. And the Rush also pleased to announce they have re-signed goaltender Eric Penny to a two-year contract. So in this offseason, the Saskatchewan Rush are making moves. This sports update for Edo Japan, from hand-rolled sushi to bento box meals made with famous... Teriyaki sauce. I always order three on my bento box. Edo Japan's menu has something for everyone. And we're going today. And by the way, River Cree Resort and Casino brings you the best tribute acts and live entertainment. How about October 1st? A tribute to Dolly Parton. Be prepared for an entertaining gal with a heart of gold that will keep you smiling and eager for more. Tribute to Dolly Parton, October 1st at River Cree. Okay. We got three minutes left here in this viewer takeover, and what do you got for me, viewers? Yeah. Randy from Winnipeg says the Jays are in a slump again. They need to snap out of it. Yes. Well, they (laughs) can't fire another manager, I don't think. And let's just hope that little run they went on under John Schneider was not the infamous dead cat bounce. The Jays are good enough. We've seen it. They still are the owners of that wildcard spot. They're not going to win the pennant, not even close. I think we'll be happy to see them in the playoffs, even with a wildcard spot. Jeff, the Stams fan says, I've been hearing this Oilers hype since they drafted Taylor Hall. I'm not buying Oilers stock. Well, yeah, I spent a lot of time in Alberta to realize whoever goes longer in the playoffs has bragging rights. And for now... The Edmonton Oilers have bragging rights, and I'm not just saying that because I'm in Edmonton. Um, next hour, by the way, John Hodge will be joining us from ThreeDownNation.com. He'll be covering all CFL-related topics. The, uh, I see that their power rankings have come out, and the BC Lions have supplanted, usurped, however you want to say it, leapfrogged the Winnipeg Blue Bombers for number one in the league, and it just so happens The Saskatchewan Rough Riders had the BC Lions in town this Friday night. And we'll talk a little bit more about week 11. But what's wonderful when Lee Jenye rejoins us an hour two, as you know, because you've been watching this show long enough. That's when we kind of turn over to you, the viewers. Of all the things we've been talking about today, you have your say and we'll tear it apart with you. Which reminds me, I'm kind of interested in this NFL discussion And that's our poll question today for Capital Automall, Universal Collision Center. Are you following the NFL preseason? I voted yes. Lee voted yes. But that's different than saying, are you watching the NFL preseason? I'm not watching it. Nope. But I am following it. Last minute of play in hour one. Last minute. I'll be honest with you. That's the one thing. I'm still trying to get a handle on what people outside Saskatchewan want been told to talk a little more Blue Jays, talk a little more Leafs, because we have a lot of viewers in Eastern Canada, and we can do that. But it's kind of hard when you're at the World Juniors, and we're heading into the playoffs. Canada's unbeaten, and you see that our numbers are very high for viewership for the World Junior Hockey. People, are, despite August, and maybe just because they're not buying tickets doesn't mean they're not watching. I've noticed Canadians are very much paying attention to what's going on right here in Edmonton this week. So we'll talk a little bit more about that because it is an off day here. We'll examine the quarterfinals, which will be played tomorrow. We'll uh, do that in Hour 2. So we'll be right back. Thanks to Jason Greger for joining us in Hour 1. John Hodge coming up in Hour 2. And Lee Chenier after this break on Game Plus
1: TV. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now.